Welcome to Michigan in Focus. I'm Bruce Walker, Great Lakes Regional Editor for the Center Square. Joining me is the Center Square's Managing Editor, Tom Ganter. And Tom, we are once again have a story on Line 5, the Enbridge Line 5 story that continues on and on and on. I'm going to throw it to you to have you give a little bit of background information on what the Line 5 kerfuffle is all about. I'll tell you what the Line 5 is all about. It's been, it's been going on for over a dozen years, and it's the belief that the uh, Line 5 is going to uh, be an environmental disaster and therefore shut it down before it happens. And, well, what is Line 5? Just so our listeners know, it's a 645-mile it's pipeline, 30-inch diameter. It goes through several states, Line 5. Uh, according to Enbridge, who runs it, uh, it's 65% of the propane uh, for the, the demand in the UP. It's 55% of the propane needed in Michigan. Uh, if if shut down, which has been the goal of the uh, of the Democrats for the last 12 years, if shut down, Enbridge says 45% of, there'd be a 45% shortage of fuel in Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Ontario, and Quebec. Now, the, I'll give you an example. Line five, the, line five, Enbridge says it's operated without incident for 65 years, okay? However, you might remember 2018, there was a tugboat with a six-ton anchor that hit and dented the pipeline. Right. And it sliced some power cables, did a hundred million dollars in damage. And at that time, this was the quote from the Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel, which which is key to the argument about the problems of the line five. She said the report, which was when it came out, which like six months after they found out this tugboat's anchored, hit and dented the pipeline. This report reinforces what we already know. It's incredibly dangerous for line five to continue operating in the straits. So they've tried and thrown every possible uh, pitch in their arsenal to try and shut this thing down, and they haven't succeeded. It's almost like the dog that chases the 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 car, and then all of a sudden you wonder what's going to happen if it ever catches it. <laughs> well, and and here here's the deal: at the very end of the Rick Snyder administration, they approved removing the dual it's because it's two pipelines removing the dual pipelines that go stretch for five miles through the Straits of Mackinac on the lake bed what Enbridge wants to do is spend 500 million dollars of its own money to bury the pipelines 100 feet beneath the bedrock of the lake itself so that you'll never have to worry about an anchor strike ever again. So the Snyder administration has approved it and Enbridge is moving forward on that. But the governor and the attorney general want to shut it down regardless. They don't want the pipeline now. They don't want the pipeline as, as it might exist in five years, 100 feet beneath the bedrock of Lake Michigan. And, and there's a there's another as a uh, part of this discussion that um, kind of never gets brought up, and that is, this is the cost of energy. Propane, Michigan's energy costs already are among the highest, electricity uh, for electricity is among the highest in the region. I'll give you some stats here. Michigan's uh, cost per kilowatt is 12.93 cents. Um, this is according to the Energy Information Administration, and this is 2021 data. So it's 12.93 cents per kilowatt in Michigan, okay? Ohio's 9.76 cents, Minnesota 11.08, Indiana 10.36, and Illinois 
So Illinois is 10.14 cents per kilowatt, Michigan 12.93 cents. What are you saying when you're saying that Illinois can do something cheaper than Michigan? <laughs> you know? Right. So the the problem is, is that if they do get their way and this just get, does get shut down, what is going to happen to the people paying their energy bills uh, after that happens? When you're, if, if en- Enbridge is right and you have 45% shortage of fuel because of this belief that uh, eventually line five is going to turn into an environmental disaster. Well, two of my former co-workers did a paper about a year and a half ago. And one of the things that the Whitmer administration had proposed was to retrofit many of the homes in the Upper Peninsula that currently use propane to use electricity. And they did cost estimates on that. And some households, that retrofitting could cost up to twenty to $25,000 because if you're used to, if your house is accustomed to the propane and now you're switching to solely electric, you have to lay the lines. And a lot of those lines would be have to laid through rural settings. And in the UP, as we both know, there's a, there's a lot of trees up there. Never been to the UP. You've never been to the Upper Peninsula. Yeah, okay. I never will go. Okay, road trip. No, I don't want to go. Okay. All right. Well, we'll. You know what? I tell you a little fact that I always hate. If you follow uh, Read M Live, one of the things I always hate is in April, May, sometimes June, there's, oh, snowstorm coming, snowstorm coming. And it's always, you know, far upper mitten of UP, far north. I am closer to Nashville, Tennessee than I am to parts of the of the UP. Oh, this is true. And if given a choice, Bruce, I will go to Nashville every time. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, there, there's a couple of legal issues that are going on with Line 5 as well. Enbridge has brought up that in 1977, there was an international tre- treaty that was signed between the United States and Canada that essentially allows the pipeline to exist going through the Straits of Mackinac. And at the same time, there is the easement that Michigan has granted to Enbridge since 1953, 70 years ago now, that allows this pipeline to exist. So there, there's a lot of legal ramifications. And Enbridge also says that the pipeline authority over it, jurisdiction over it, exists with a federal agency. And it's not only federal, but it's also Canada. You know, the 45 percent shortage of fuel in the region includes Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Ontario and Quebec. Do you ever see that Facebook thing that's been going around where they show you that 70 percent of the people in Canada live in in a igloo strip? No, they live in a strip that's within that's within 70 miles of Michigan. Yeah. So the vast majority of people in Canada are all. Uh, on the same uh, level as Seattle, Washington. You know, they don't go much north, more north than that. So they're all down impacted by in the very southern tip of the country, which oh, is sure what, where Line 5 gets their energy. So if if they are do succeed in shutting down Line 5, it only, not only impacts Michigan, but it impacts the relationships that Michigan has with Canada. Okay, well, let's just finish up this conversation. This week, the district court, U.S. District Court in Michigan, determined that it is totally all well and fine for the Attorney General, Dana Nessel, to appeal that court's decision last August that removes the case from the, the attorney general's case from the federal court back to a court in Ingham County. So this basically puts another hold on determining 
what is going to happen with line five. So it gives us far more opportunities to write about this moving forward. I gave up following the court cases. There was, it was so convoluted. I just got tired of it. <laughs> well, can't say as I blame you, but although I do find it rather fascinating. So listeners can keep up with this story and more at thecentersquare.com for insights and reporting from Tom Ganter. My name is Bruce Walker. I am the Great Lakes Regional Editor. Please subscribe and thank you for listening. Thank you.